Our show in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, Earth, Milky Way, Galaxy, Solar System. You know, you know, we're very, we're very uh, specific with how Torontonians are supposed to refer to Toronto, and it's by basically pronouncing it completely wrong. It's supposed to be like Toronto. Mm-hmm. Calling Toronto. it Toronto is a sin. Calling it Toronto, Ontario. Which other Toronto friends? Well, there's a Toronto wind. Yes, it is smaller. What are you talking about? Toronto, Ontario. Guys, Toronto, Ontario. Welcome to Toronto, Ontario. You you know what I would do if I had millions of dollars is wake up at the crack of dawn and own myself online. Mm. That is 100% what I would do. Do you (laughs) You want to explain what you're talking about? No, no, we can talk about that later. Right. I thought I thought we were going to. Also, oh. who listening to the show wouldn't know? Not know. <laughs> it who has been. Like, an... I am confused. You guys well, would I would... be surprised. Yeah. So so there Maybe is a there's be. a tweet by Logan Couture that we're gonna get to, uh, which is part of the inside joke. But you know what? We're gonna hold off on that for now. We're gonna actually talk about a couple things that are a little bit more important. Yeah. Uh, the first thing, lesser important of the two, but directly affects the Steve Dangle podcast community. I want to shout out Katie, aka Dame of Scones. Uh, if you remember a while back with the Evan Scott Huber situation, uh, where he was harassing women online, uh, he had also, potentially, there was some money that, that he had raised for some projects he was working on that had not been returned to people. Uh, through, and Katie, uh, much like we did, because she you know, believed in him, thought he was a good guy, all of those things that we discussed at the time, uh, tried to help him in those fundraising efforts. Um, but Katie did the noble and amazing thing of going back and getting everybody their refunds. Wow. So Katie has gotten everybody yeah. their damn refunds. So I just want to shout out Katie and a little bit of good news at Dame Scones. Also, by the way, I'm sorry that I wasn't following you before, Katie, because you're a great follow. So you're thank a you. piece of crap, Adam. I know. What a shitty guy. But that's just me. Um, I, you know, unfortunately, we got to do this again. And because we're, we're, we're here again. Yep. Jacob Blake. That's a name you should know. Uh, you should know his name. The name that you ought to know is the name of the person that shot him seven times. Or the names of those who shot him seven times. The problem is that we don't. Or at least there's reports now that we might. But until this point, we didn't. Uh, it has set off massive protests again and has created the same situation that we've been talking about all summer, but really, frankly, it's been going on for 400 years. You know, this is, this is uh, another reason why, and we talked about this with Masai just last week, uh, Masai Ujiri, that is, president of the Raptors. Um, another reason why the protests are happening, another reason why these conversations need to be had, another reason why... Um, people are saying, hey, this is happening. And it's funny because the voices who are saying, no, it's not, are getting quieter and quieter and quieter. They're still loud. But you're starting, you're starting to see people just go, I don't have anything to say. Yeah. And that's because there's no comeback. There is nothing to say. Really, logically, there isn't. And you know what's happened here is the same. It, like, I don't even, do I need to tell you the details of the story? Do you need to see the video to know? 
that I think this people is a guy have seen the was... story and they've seen the video. Yeah. yeah. How could you not? Yeah. Like, how... No, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead, Joseph. I was just going to say, just to uh, echo your point, Adam, we've come to the realization, I, the majority of people, that there's not much defense for what's going on when we have the video evidence and that an interaction with police shouldn't result in seven shots in your back if you're resisting arrest and you don't have a weapon and you're walking away. That's and not, there's that's seven not, of you. That's not the end result of how two humans should react. One no. shouldn't react with a lethal weapon in your back. And there's not much defense for that. How can you say that that's the correct reaction to somebody walking away from you? Uh, Jesse, but what about the protesters? Hmm? What about them? What about them? It's what everyone's question is today, or at least that I've seen. What about them? What were they doing last night that resulted in two of them getting shot to death? Right. What were they doing that resulted in one is also still in hospital? Sounds like they're going to pull through. Because it's something. It's always something. I, I did find if it two, funny. No, that, I'm not done. Oh, I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. very not done. Please continue. Let me I'm very right. not done. Those protests, Adam, listen, they got shot and killed, but let me tell you, there was a good reason and it was something. And with Jacob Blake, it was something. And with George Floyd, it was something. Breonna Taylor, it was something. Philando Castile, it was something. Tamir Rice, it was something. Trayvon Martin, it was something. If it's you, if it's your brothers or sisters, your mom or dad, your aunt or uncles, your cousins, your friends at work, your classmates, anyone you admire, any stranger on the street, I promise you when it happens to them, it'll be something. They always have something to say. There's always a reason. It's always a great reason to take a life. When's it going to be enough? When are they going to stop? It's always something. Masai Ujiri. It's a less serious example. Wasn't shot and killed. There's video that came out, and we talked about this. Done. Look at the video. They're lying. And after the video came out, they stood by their lie. Because people defended it. Well, his thing wasn't fully. It's always something. It's always going to be something. You don't listen to anybody, they get fed up. Adam? I did find it funny that, um, no, I didn't find it funny, but I do find it peculiar that a man can walk down the street uh, with an assault rifle and be called a member of the militia. A 17-year-old man from a state over named Kyle Rittenhouse can walk down the street with an AR-15 and shoot two people in the head. And yeah. that's part of... But he's a member of the militia. Don't forget. Which originally... signals like it's fucking Call of Duty. Like it's right. a game to him. Originally, uh, militia was... That was a, a term that was, um, you know, a protection term. It was a term of, you know, if your community was under threat, you'd call it the militia. It was a term of... It's an honorable position. It's an honorable sacrifice to make because a lot of people, frankly, didn't want to do it. Now we've gone and taken that term and, and turned it into we are the militia that need to come in and control protests. 
Uh, we are the militia that need to come in and threaten people. We are the people that it, it's, it's a shocking thing for me because when you look at the history of what that is, right? When you, that's what matters to me, right? I, I'm a history guy. When you look at the history of what the, the, the situations militia were put into and what they served, these people took this seriously and they took it as a matter of honor. And as soon as they could drop their weapons, they did. They wanted to not be militia. The point of militia is we chose not to be soldiers, but we have to right now. These, these guys can't wait. And, can't and wait. these guys can't wait. And can't so wait. When, the, when the news frames it as this is a member of the militia, I take that as a tremendous insult. This man is not a representative of any militia. He's a representative of a group that uh, chooses to. If it's a one-man group, it's his group. I don't know if he was encouraged by the people he is in this quote-unquote militia with. But if he is in this, in this group on his own, which I highly doubt, but I don't know, um, then he's part of a group that intends to terrorize people. He's a racist incites, and a Incites terrorism. Incites terror, which is terrorism. It's supposed to scare people. Um, you know, I, I, and, you know, we can, we, can, um, we can go on at length about this, but at this point, it's just, it's the, it's the, um, strat you know when you know when you've got a uh, and this is a terrible example but there are movies that follow a formula there are songs that follow a formula and those formulas work every single time they always make the radio they always make the theaters right there's those movies you're like ah, i know how this is going to end it's like a bad action movie bad romantic comedy bad whatever yeah, and in um, university you learn about the story arc and you learn on the five right. uh, arc that all stories are built on and isn't it funny that i don't need to tell you the details about jacob blake I don't need to tell you the specifics for you to know basically what happened. The story arc's the same. It's the same. Now, you should do your research. You should know his name. But the story arc remains exactly the same. It's the same outcome. It's the same beginning, middle, and end. There's a few details that change, a few character names that change, maybe some different faces. But we're pretty much looking at the same movie here, are we not? Exact same. So we will continue to harp on this. Um, I want to shout out the Raptors who are even considering, along with other NBA teams, boycotting games. Just saying we're not going to play anymore. You know, the whole point was to come back and to um, bring light to, uh, bring a spotlight to, that is, social issues that are affecting especially colored communities in North America. But... For them to look at this and go, uh, this isn't changing anything. And the problem is, is that really, even if they boycott games, if local governments refuse to do anything about this, nothing changes. It's, it really is like, I mean, and I, I, I think it would be momentous and frankly, uh, a hell of a sacrifice for all these professional athletes that have worked their entire lives and may only get one or two shots at a championship to say, no, we're not playing. That's huge. But I don't know in this climate what it takes to get people to change the way they are looking at things. We are clearly at a crossroads here where we can look at things like policing, things like investing in communities in a different way. You know, when people say defund the police, they don't mean literally erase the police. They don't mean that. What they mean is take money, take that a gigantic budget and invest it in communities so that people can be uplifted. You know, if you look at a police budget versus everybody, every else, every other budget, Police budget's the biggest. Why don't you take from that, invest in some communities that have z literal zero to nothing. 
and see what happens. See what the long-term effects of that are. Quit cutting education. Quit cutting after-school programs. Quit cutting community programs. Upgrade your community centers. Create some damn sports and some pools and some music. Stop taking instruments out of the classroom. These are the things that if, if we want to move forward, it's going to take more than athletes protesting. It's going to take more than protesters protesting. It's going to take voting and people getting in there and actually having the balls to change some things. And it's unfortunate, but I mean, really, the protests hit fever pitch the last time, mid-July. What real change has there been? Other than Minneapolis getting rid of their police department and changing what they're going to do. What, what is, what's happened? Uh-huh. What's changed? And I think that, that's what the Raptors were feeling today. And I think they echoed everyone's sentiments is that you can, we can make these t-shirts, we can go to protests, we can speak out, we can do everything. But if nothing happens, then what's the point? Then how do we, how do we ex- escalate this until something actually happens? And then that's, that's all we're waiting for is just some sort of change. Yeah. Yeah. And this is, this is a tough time, guys. This is not an easy, um, this is not an easy thing or a comfortable thing to sit through. If Jesse and Steve and I had our druthers, we'd be talking about the Kapanen trade and what happened to the Coyotes today. Instead, we're leading with this because this happened. I was so excited. The Coyote stuff broke two minutes before the show started. I, haven't, I don't even know what the news is yet. I was so and excited to talk about it. We can't like, do it, guys. The three, of us, like, the three of us combined, we do so much reading on like, a weekly basis just, for, just so we know what we're talking about on our shows and see for the YouTube channel and Adam for the radio. And just today, man, just before this, it, it got me down just because I, I couldn't not. I couldn't not know everything about the situation and just reading that and just looking at everything that's going on it can't not it can't not keep you down and that's compounded on everything else that's happened in 2020 and then that throws on the last 400 years of civilization in america Mm -hmm. so yeah it's to say it's been tough is uh is an understatement Mm -hmm. yeah i can't imagine what it's like to live it yeah so you know that's and that's that's the point right you want to be an ally you want to be a part of the change here, the good stuff here? I don't think anybody, whatever your political persuasion, uh, whatever your uh, opinions, uh, I don't think anybody can rightfully say, no, it should, be, it should definitely be the white people that live better. Everybody could probably agree that we want equality. Everybody could probably agree that that makes a lot of sense, right? Unless you're an absolute wingnut. Like you're a lunatic, you're not worth listening to anyway. Yeah, Most people can agree to that. It, it's not ridiculous to say that discrimination is bad and no one should be treated differently based on their race. And it's not uh, ridiculous Jesse, to something. admit that it exists. Yeah. Like, the thing is, it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's crazy to me. That's the part that drives me crazy. And the reason that we're not moving forward here is people, frankly, are scared. Um, you know, they, the people in charge of these positions are afraid of losing their jobs. Well, they're going to lose them. If you're in this position, you're going to lose your job eventually if you don't make a change. That's what happens. And it's, it's time. It's time we, we get into the modern world here a little bit and look at how we change things. You know, the whole thing about, it's funny, you know, because the RNC was on last night and stuff, and you hear a lot about, um, and I'm not trying to get political, but you hear a lot about the economy, the economy, the economy. Well, we make the economy work. You know, most governments at this point have a pretty good idea of how to make an economy work. What we're trying to get to is a point where society works and society works for everyone. 
And so if you boil it down to um, the economy, that's like saying he's a really good skater, but he can't shoot for shit. He can't take a pass. He doesn't know, he hasn't, he's no hockey IQ. You know what I'm saying? It's one thing. It's one cog in many, many, many cogs. And I am, uh, I, I know why these things are happening. I know, you know, that that's a very complicated, nuanced concept for a lot of people. And that's fair. But I do find it extremely frustrating um, that we're sitting here again talking about the exact same damn thing when it's all, all there has to do, all that has to happen is for people to go, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't see any reason why we wouldn't be treated the same. And why don't we look at the reasons why we're not? You don't need a political party for that. You don't. And I, I just, beyond that, I'll shut up. But I just, it's, it's just again and again and again. And by the way, when this shit happens, you can expect that we're going to be talking about it. And we will repeat this until we're blue in the face. I don't care if it's the remainder of the 30 or 40 years we have ahead, ahead of us on this show. I don't care. This has got to change. It's got to end. And it's got to end in Canada and the United States. And if you think that it doesn't happen in Canada, ask the native communities in the North how they feel about it. Uh, if, or, or, or the, the, uh, the colored communities in the inner cities, see how they feel about it. Um, it affects all of us here. It's a unique thing to North American life. And it might be the same in Europe. I don't know. That's not really where my concern is. My concern is here. This is where we are. And, um, just because Canada is a little different from the United States, um, doesn't mean that it doesn't apply here. And I think that we have got to take a really good look and we have the chance as Canadians to be a little bit more in the forefront of what this could look like and set an example for the entire world. And I hope we take that opportunity. Well said. Well said. And just to add on to a couple of things, you know, like the premier of Ontario spent the early half of 2020 trying to defund education, defunding the police isn't a crazy concept. It's just moving budgets. It's not eliminating enforcement of the law. It's just transferring money. And that's something that happens literally all the time in government. That's really all we're asking for. And, you know, murder is probably the most, it, it is the most heinous crime you can commit as a human. And black people are being murdered on camera consistently by police officers every couple of months. And it's still not enacting change. So I, I, right now, it's, it's real difficult to see an end road here because it, it, you can't, it can't get worse than this. I don't, I don't know. So, but it, I, if people will keep fighting, like it's not going to stop. And hopefully something comes about, you know. It's going to come slow, but it's going to yeah. come. It's going to come. Um, have we said what we need to say on that? Yeah. Steve, Jesse, do you mm-hmm. feel like you've said what you yeah. need to say? Yeah, well, we won't stop saying it for sure. Agreed. Steve? Adam? It's time for us to do the Kellogg's Frosted Flakes cereal celly of the past. I want you to be, I want you to be um, Jacob Marley. And mm-hmm. I want you to go back into the past. Remember the Christmas story? You know, where the guy comes in and he's a ghost of Christmas past. You know what I'm saying? Thank you. Thank cellies you. Of, cri- cellies of playoffs past. 
Jake, what? Jacob Marley Jacob, said, Jacob. "There's no place like home. There's no place like home." <laughs> Where's it, Get Robert? To Marley? the car, Marty. There, I'm used to watching the um, I'm used to watching the Muppet version of that. So there's a Jacob and Robert Marley, and then there's like I think there's only one in the original Christmas movie. Yeah. Christmas. For Marley and Marley. Marley. <laughs> I used to get what a great silly. Terrified. Oh, you seen one. it too? Oh, that's great. <laughs> That's great. All right, so so give us. It's game time. Don't flake on the frosted. That was good. That's a good. We needed to get that in, Adam. People need to know. (laughs) They need to know. Steven, what celebration of joy are we going back to? Well, it is a celebration of joy, but I'm a little sad Uh because it's of a time gone by. A time gone by, we're going to go all the way back to the year 2017. No, no. no we're going to no. go to Washington, D.C. Oh, I know what he's doing. Don't do this. <laughs> I think it might have even been the dark guy game. Kapanen slaps it home. You know it. Slapping in, Kapanen. I'm not going to say it. Go on, slapping in. <laughs> yeah, goal slapping in. The least fourth slapping in. Yeah. At least fourth line and maybe even third pair because I remember wasn't it like Connor Carrick on the dump in? Mm-hmm. You got Brian Boyle mm-hmm. out there, Matt Martin working in the corners. They're digging. And John Carlson doesn't have a stick because he's a silly goose. You're supposed to have one of those when you play hockey. And the caps are all they're kerfuffled. There's a kerfuffle going on. Second overtime. Everyone's a little confused, but the fourth line, they're, they're just ravenous. They have this energy. Kapanen's already gone because he scored earlier in that game. And in double overtime, Brian Boyle behind the net throws it in front for a young rookie wearing number 28 for some reason, Kasperi Kapanen, who slaps it home, as Joe Bowen so nicely put it. And in that moment – the President's Trophy winning Washington Capitals felt a very human chill crawl up their spine as the Toronto Maple Leafs tied the series at one going back to Toronto. So for all his warts. Toronto, Ontario. To... Toronto, Ontario, yes. Canada. 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 Absolutely. I don't know why. Uh, yep. Because Barry Kapanen, for all his warts and for the fact that he is on the Pittsburgh Penguins and – I hate to say it, bad now. It's a joke, <laughs> it's a joke you see, because he's on another team. Kasperi mm-hmm. Kapanen scored some big goals for the Leafs. His first goal was in that game against Pittsburgh to help get them in the playoffs, the yeah. McElhaney save game. Yep. He, scored, he scored earlier in the double overtime game, then he scored in double overtime. He deked the pants off of Brad Marchand in game seven in 2018. The Leafs went and ruined that. Kasperi Kapanen has scored some fantastic goals for the Leafs, including a couple regular season overtime winners that I can remember, but none were better. No Selly was better than double overtime 2017 against the Caps. So to Kasperi Kapanen, slapping it home, that is my serial Selly of the week. Steve's great. Couple things. I know. I want to shout out a great tweet. Uh, Ailish Forfar, who uh, writes for NHL.com for the Leafs, uh, said uh, bags packing in. She tweeted, and I was oh. like, that was good. That's good. That Come on, good. that's good, right? That's pretty good. I said Casper trade again. That was my video. Nope. Ooh. 
<laughs> oh, that's a tough reaction. Damn. You know what? It's a tough show for you, I think. It's just yeah. <laughs> when you're when you say that after bags packing in, it just yeah. doesn't, it doesn't land. There's a level and then there's Yeah. If you're gonna say another one, you gotta top the previous one. Right. You didn't yeah. do that. Uh so obviously Logan Couture sent out a tweet this morning. It was right at the crack of dawn, too, which was really uh, interesting. Uh, don't, um, don't lob gr- grenades from bed. Can I read it? <laughs> My advice, do <laughs> Please, not lob actually, grenades from bed. You can't run. <clears throat> I was just trying to pull it up there, buddy. So uh, I got them all here if you want. That would be great. Please go all ahead. Right. At 7.45 a.m. on August 26th, Logan Couture, center for the San Jose Sharks, said, Captain. Captain said, I spent last night in Toronto, Ontario. I talked about voting for the Republican Party, and I mentioned Donald Trump by name. I was sucker punched. Is this really what we are coming to? If you vote, are you a villain? Man, this world is so wrong. Well, so if you vote, you're a villain. My goodness. Well, he does. He does bring up a very interesting Point. This is there's there's like five straw men in that argument in that entire tweet like it's just so many all over the place. Do you want me to now, read some of his follow up replies? Please do. Yeah. So like and give context too because there he's replying to other people. So we should probably hear their tweets as well. This was a reply to somebody that said it was fabricated. He said, uh, "You don't have to believe any word I say for the rest of my life, but that's the honest truth." Mm-hmm. Um, this was uh, another reply. He said, craziest part is I don't vote. I mentioned my father being a former police officer. I really don't believe this is the world we live in. And by the way, a lot of people were like, wait, no, his dad was a firefighter. So that was a little confusing. Yeah. And I assume he's eligible to vote in America. Steve, could it be possible that he arrests fires? I mean, someone's got to. Taking you um, in, crackling fire. And then he also... That's, that's definitely like a family guy cutaway weed bit. <laughs> You're coming with me. Oh, I got burned again. Someone asked him what the point of the tweet was. And he said, saying my dad was a police officer and I would if I could vote Republican. Which didn't answer the tweet, but that's mm-hmm. what he wanted to throw in as well. Incoherent. You know why? Because the he's... Theme. The problem is that he's an immigrant down there so he can't vote no so that they wouldn't want him voting but wouldn't he be he's been in san jose a very long time like he's not a resident yeah uh well he might be a resident but you got to be a citizen he might be we don't know he might be a citizen he was drafted in 2008 i know but he said he can't so i'm assuming that he's not (laughs) that if he was a citizen he would he would unless unless, unless his fire his firefighting policeman dad maybe he's convoluted the two as well (laughs) Where he has citizenship, but he can't vote. Listen, Adam, I'm just trying have, to make sense of all this. I don't. I have. Just, I took my oath, but I, I. I said to them, I will never vote. I promise you, please don't let me vote. And they said, okay, here's yeah. your passport, sir. Because he did say, if I would vote Republican, if I could. Okay, well so then. I assume. Yeah. And he was punched in the face for. It. Now, now, listen, right. and I, I'm serious about what I'm about to say here. Are there some holes in this already? Potentially, but we can't get on, you know, Twitter or our, our particular medium here on the podcast and victim blame and victim shame 
uh, if we're going to preach not to do that. You want to believe people? Take them at their word. Do I believe that Logan Couture was punched last night? Yeah, I think it's believable for sure. I do. Now, what I would suggest to him, and my point on this is very, very short. File the police report. You seem to be well acquainted. You'd obviously know how the process goes. File the police report. Now, if you don't file the police report, that says something too. Because you like that. I don't want to file a police report. Uh, Adam, could you repeat Adam, your last sentence? You froze. The FBI oh, uh, ruined the stream for a minute. Yeah, Logan Couture is back? on to you. Oh, sh- oh wow. They really oh. don't want him to. Are you no. seeing this? Oh, Are no. You seeing this? Oh, no. Get out of our stream. <laughs> Get out of our stream. What are you? <laughs> are you there? Okay, the officer left. Okay. I'm here. The Republican Party <laughs> is on to us. Adam, you're safe. Oh, no. Okay. So usually, did, I, did you hear the part where I said, uh, 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 file the police report? Yes. You, you froze around there. Yeah. Okay. So he's obviously, if his dad's a cop, he's obviously well aware of how it works. Or he, if he's not, he can call his dad. How do I file a police report? You file his, the police his report. His dad is a firefighter. But... Firefighter. Yeah. But also a policeman. <laughs> and so what I would say I is... Know. File the police report. And a lot of people in situations like this don't want to. Now, there are many reasons for that. I don't want to speculate too much. Mm-hmm. But oftentimes, people don't want to file, file police reports because they should not either. So, I mean, obviously, I sometimes getting – he's a hockey player. Maybe getting punched in the face isn't that serious. I've been no, punched I think in the it, face. I, I didn't have to serious. file a if, police listen, report. He should absolutely be able to say he's voting for Trump if he was, if he was in the States yeah. uh, and that he's a Republican. And absolutely should he should be able to say that. It's, it's wrong that he got punched for it. He was but, assaulted. But the for, thing to do yeah. is not to tweet it. It's to file the police report and not randomly go after people on Twitter um, I, I don't think, I don't think it's fair and this is a hard stance to take because believe me, there's lots of things that I would like to say here, but I'm going to restrain because I feel like I have said, you know, we're going to, we're going to take a step forward here. We need to take victims at their word and then investigate. So I here. think we take the victim at the, at the, at his word and we investigate, but you must file the police report. I'll, I'll take a stunning take after last show. He should have called his agent first before tweeting all that stuff. You should have. Is this a good idea? It's like you said, Adam, it's his job to represent you mm-hmm. and let you know if that is a good idea. Did you come away with his experience from Twitter this morning with the notion that what he, <laughs> that little thread was a good idea? And well, no. And that's where my main criticism comes in because my, I'm not going to criticize the, the, the tweet or what he says happened. Uh-huh. I'm going to criticize specifically, um, and I'm biased here. I'll just straight up admit it. Um, him going after Taris Sloan from Sportsnet. Um, now, uh, somebody that follows us, uh, Leah Kessel at Leah Flame, um, tweeted something back at him because obviously you remember Logan Couture was one of the first NHLers to speak out um, to back up guys like Akeem Aliu and Evander Kane. His teammate. His teammate. And he put out a statement. Uh, he wanted everybody not to be offended. Uh, but he did say that he put his support behind what those guys were saying. I thought that was great. Commended it at the time. It was nice to see someone speak up. But 
there was a <laughs> Jesse. Do you have the tweet in front of you? Uh, which one? Leah's. <laughs> Leah's tweet. Yeah. Do you have that one with the screenshots? Uh, yes, I do. Okay. Can you read out what happened? What sc- tweets she screenshotted? So she she said this you question mark at Logan Couture and uh, it was a screenshot of Logan Couture saying my thoughts sorry if this offends anyone all love and that's then that gets into the statement about how he supports Black Lives Matter and And then yeah he said uh don't know how popularists write this Evander Kane is speaking the truth racism exists in society and he goes on to support Akeem Alu and Evander Kane Mm -hmm. in that so she screenshotted those two things and said this you and then Logan Couture replied with are you serious, Tara Sloan? I don't vote. I never said I like Donald Trump. I don't. Last time I do anything for Sportsnet. So that's where it got confusing for me. Tara liked that tweet. Right. Leah, Leah Leah's tweet. Yes. Right. Leah Flam. And then he saw that she liked that tweet and went after her. Now he said in that tweet, read that one more time. Are you serious, Tara Sloan? What did he say after that? I don't vote. I never said I like Donald Trump. I don't. Last time I do anything for Sportsnet. So there's a couple of things at play here. Did you not just say that you like Donald Trump and that you would vote Republican? Do you want me to read the original tweet again? Please read the original tweet. I spent last night in Toronto, Ontario. I talked about voting for the Republican Party and I mentioned Donald Trump by name. I was sucker punched. Is this really what we were coming to? If you talked about villain, man, this is so wrong. So wait, so you got sucker punched for talking about the Republican Party and mentioning Donald Trump by name, but you don't like him, which is fine, fair. So who did you get sucker punched by is a question that I think is a fair question. Um, What is the context is a question I think is a fair question. And beyond that, and most importantly, you're upset that people with different opinions than you react negatively to your opinions. And Tara Sloan, who has a different opinion than you, reacted very little. And you had this outsized reaction and said, I'm taking my stuff and I'm never bringing it over to Sportsnet's house to play. Well, because the, 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 the conversation fractured. It's, right. It's, it fractured from getting punched in the face, you shouldn't do that to people. Yeah, to- which is fair. I don't vote or support this guy, but support him. But, but also, he's not, he didn't even say he supported him, really, did he? He I just mentioned know. him by name, and, that's, <laughs> and that was enough to get punched somehow. I, what I tweeted, or not what I tweeted, what I messaged to you guys when we were going down the topics we wanted to discuss on today's show, I was saying I don't know what to do with the Logan Couture story because the whole thread is barely English. It is. Yeah, and, and that's, I think that's the criticism here. And I, I, my main criticism for him is Tara Sloan. Tara Sloan can like whatever the hell she wants, man. Yeah. And you're going you're gonna to not do anything for Sportsnet. I'm sorry, I don't know what you do for Sportsnet that's garnering them any ratings other than you playing hockey. So you will be doing that. They own the rights. Probably so you will be stuff. playing hockey, and it will be broadcast on Sportsnet. Uh, so that, Logan- that part... Logan oh, Couture it, games will only be broadcast on TSN. That's right. Yeah. That's All right. Sharks <laughs> games from here on out are now TSN property. Because Logan said so. Logan said so. And so, and, and then if it's you yelling, hey, Sportsnet, in the promo, like, hey, Sportsnet, it's on Sportsnet, uh, they'll live, man. 
Yeah. Adam watches Rogers. Uh, of course they do. They uh, own the hockey, right? I know. <laughs> I I worked there. <laughs> the no, the point I'm trying to make is there's no loss here. Hockey player interviews are boring most of the time. And they don't garner great ratings anyway. I just want to and, say this is Bell's Adam Wilde yeah, saying no, they, this. They, are, not, boring. they are, are boring. They're boring. It is on my, hey, whoa, it's on my go podcast, but I, it is not me talking. Go it look at Matthews Tavares. Adam Wilde, who's saying all this. Look at Matthews Tavares. It's like a couple of just 12 Now year you're old, just like, bringing random names into it. This boring. is Bell employee Adam Wilde. And the thing is, is you go after Tara because she has a different opinion than you. After being upset that people with different opinions than you, than you, or yeah, would 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 sucker punch you in the face. This is the this is the issue. If you have, if you're trying to say what is this world coming to, someone who disagrees with me reacting negatively, and that's wrong. And then you go in and you do the same thing, and you don't have the self awareness to recognize that. And so part of me is like, are we drunk tweeting? Part of me wonders that. I think it's fair. I, I don't know if that's a fair question, but part of me wonders that. And the other thing is, if we aren't, what's going on, man? Why Tara Sloan, who's also, nothing but kind to anyone? I've worked with know, Tara Sloan many times. He doesn't know Tara Sloan's opinions. No. All she, all she did was like a tweet on Twitter. Is she not allowed to like tweets? Like, well, I don't, not, if you want, not if you want Logan in your promo. Right. Be Logan Couture. B minus hockey celebrity, Logan Couture. Okay, we need to. <laughs> oh, sorry, C plus, C plus. Okay, first of all, <laughs> I went to high school with you. You don't get to make fun of people for bad grades, all right? <laughs> hey, I had a C plus. to both of us. <laughs> I would have killed for a C plus in most things. <laughs> right, Adam? I just, I just don't, like, it's, it's sort of a, it's sort of like, and if you're going through a tough time, if, if Logan Couture is going through a tough time and this turns out to be something like that, my heart goes out to him, truly. It seems like nothing, it seems like whatever's behind these tweets ain't good. Might be going through a tough time personally, don't know. All I can go off of what I know is what I know right now. And what I know is this does not look good. And it has nothing to do with the original tweet. We've already addressed that. If you were sucker punched, you need to file a police report. They need to conduct an investigation. Adam's getting real deep with it. I'm, I'm going to say I read it. I was confused by it. I was concerned for Logan Couture yeah. because yeah. I, don't, I don't get it. I don't, I, don't, I don't get it. What was going on? Because that thread was a trident and it just went in all kinds of directions and I was very confused. Right. It's like and you ever whole- see a tree after it gets struck by lightning? <laughs> yeah. That's what it looked like. And his whole stream of tweets lasted over like a couple hours. Like the first one started at like 7.45 and they still tweeted up until like 10 a.m. So oh, I don't, I don't understand what's, what's going on there. Like, well, I hope he's okay. Yeah. That's, and my, I just want to, I'll wrap the conversation at least on my end by saying this, guys. My hope is that the tweet that Logan Couture sent in July supporting Evander Kane and Akeem Aliou is the Logan Couture that... Um, is in a better frame of mind. That's the Logan Couture that we would know or that we would expect to know. Uh, everybody goes through tough times. Everybody has their moments. Everybody has moments where they're, they're shitty. I certainly have had mine on Twitter. Uh, I just don't have the following he does <laughs> or the platform he does. 
Or the I've money. Been I've been, yeah, or the money. But I've been or shitty. the talent. I've been shitty to people. People have been shitty to or me. Or the good looks. <laughs> or the well. good fucking looks. Jesus, guys. Wow. That's probably going to happen. I'm going to crawl under my table and cry here. <laughs> my point is, probably got I nice hope car. the Logan Couture from the first tweet supporting Black Lives Matter is the Logan Couture. And it's, it's not just the support. It's the empathy that I loved about that. There was empathy in what he wrote. Well, and, and we were saying, like, he at the time was, like, one of the most high-profile NHL players to speak out. But yes, certainly one of the, one of the most high-profile white ones. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. So exactly. my hope is that that's the Logan Couture we know. Um, this Logan Couture seems there's something funny in the water on this one. And I hope that everything's okay. Because yeah. there's something off here. Really you, you won't You won't hear me say this often, but this seems like a scenario where it's an agent's time to shine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was funny, actually, speaking of agents, getting the, you know, the fallout from the Marc-Andre Fleury thing. Because we got, I, I don't know what, how you guys got, but my DMs were either, holy shit, you nailed it, or you don't know this guy, and his agent's just acting on his own. And um, it's just funny how polarizing like, that was. It was very funny. It's just, it's, you know, it's not funny like I'm not, oh, it's really fine. I'm fine. I'm really happy yeah. about it. But it is interesting how a situation like that can bring out the absolute you know, opposite side. Listen, I, I don't, I don't need you to tell me I was right. I am right. That's how an agent works. That's how an agent works. I have one. I can tell you that's how an agent works. They're there to take your shit. That's what you pay them for. Mark Andre Fleury, Mark Andre Fleury, good guy, good teammate, Stanley cup winner, pulled a shitty diva move. It happens. You know what's funny? What? Adam's the only one who gets terrible DMs. Oh my God. It's freaking ridiculous. (laughs) Steve's DMs are closed. And my DMs are always just like, hey, love the point you made. Or, hey, love the podcast. Funny meme, awesome. Jesse. Great Funny meme. meme. Really then, great Photoshop. <laughs> and then Adam's DMs are, fuck you, shut up. Why do I pick on Adam? Why do I pick on Adam? Oh, yeah. you, ever see, you ever see that road rage video where this guy pulls up next to a car and he just starts screaming at him? And for no good reason, he starts screaming at the guy in the back seat. Because they all have the windows down. He, he calls them fat and drives off. And then the cameraman, just like with Spielberg-like camera work, just goes to the guy in the back seat and he's like, w- w- why'd I get picked on? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's Adam. Why, why, why'd Adam get picked on? I don't get it. Now, I want to address a situation. It's not news per se, but we're going to get to it right now. We're going to start with something. This is a heavy that, ass like, show. I want to talk about Kapanen. Come it's on. Heavy, this is a heavy show. Well, I bet you do, but this is heavy. The FBI doesn't want um, us to talk about this. You good? It was, it. No, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. The reason okay. that it seemed it, it was a very heavy day uh, yesterday as well. When we found out through uh, David Pagnata of the fourth period that Jack Johnson was on his way to Toronto in the Kasperi Kapanen trade, this could have been the end of Leafs Nation as we know it. There was a collective meltdown. The tweet was taken down, I believe. And it turned out Jack Johnson was not on his way to Toronto for Uh, Kisteri Kapanen. Can I tell you, I was texting people and I was like, this is it. This is it. I'll have to find something else to do next season. I can't do it. I simply, I can't do it. I, how do you expect me to do it with Jack Johnson as a member of the Toronto Maple Leafs after surviving this past season, I, I can't do it. I'll have to find something else to do. That was my first thought. My first thought was just, oh, my God, here we go again. 
here we go again. And for the last time, because uh, I won't do it again. I don't want him on my damn team, Adam. I don't want him on my team, Jesse. You're looking at me like I'm crazy. You want Jack Johnson at the Leafs? Jesse, do you have the no, trade? You do you have the trade uh, in front of you by chance? I do. Okay. Here. Can you tell us who left Toronto and who is showing up in Toronto? Can I talk about David Pagnani for just a quick second? Yeah, sure, man. <laughs> Go ahead. David, we had a nice conversation when we met. Do you remember where we met? All-Star game, I'm assuming, right? No. It was at a fashion yeah. event. I oh. don't remember the name of the company. Was but it the sweaty Philly draft where you were sweaty? No, no. It wasn't there. It wasn't there. It was at a fashion event in Toronto. Now, Adam, okay. what's your first thought when I tell you that? I'm not surprised. He's, he's a pretty fashionable guy. What about me? Well, you wear, you've been wearing the same shoes for a year and a half. Exactly. It, they even these beat up shitty Adidas that he wears even made it into his commercial <laughs> on oh, <yeah>. Sportsnet. <laughs> like Jesse took a screen grab and put no it in He's like, he's like, you put those shitty Adidas on for a, a, a Canadian tire spot that runs nationally with Gary. They could have told me not to wear them. They didn't. Should have got new shoes for Gary. No one told me. Here, the, yo, okay. Next time you're watching Sportsnet. Yeah. Look out for shoes, Steve's shoes. You'll see them. <laughs> do not do that. Beat up shoes. I had the exact same shoes two years ago, and Steve and I used to look at each other and go, oh, it's pretty cool that we got the same shoes. Mine looked better than that when I got rid of them. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Steve has left, by the way. Anybody <laughs> listening, left Steve left uh, the Zoom call because he's fed up with us. So I'm sure, I'm, I, I'm sure that David Pagnata has met your shoes as well. I just thought I would, <laughs> while you were riffing on me, I just thought I would actually grab the magazine. Okay. This is where I met you, Dave. Oh, with the Eric Carlson thing. I met you at an RW and Co event. The only reason I went to this thing is that you tweeted that he would be there. All right? And this is when there were all these rumors that he was going to get traded out of Ottawa mm -hmm. any day now. And so I showed up. I brought a camera and everything, mm -hmm. and I get there, and he wasn't taking hockey questions! I remember that. I remember that. Because you were gonna bring the interview to my house afterwards. I think we were gonna do a show, were we not? Yeah! Or something like that, yeah, anyway. I was, boom, I was gonna be on the scene! I was gonna get the exclusive, I was gonna ask him some stuff! And the guy was asking, uh, answering questions about dress pants and shoes! And then you go tweeting about Jack Johnson potentially going to the Leafs. And then you said, I should have left it in drafts. It's not the only one, Dave. Knock that shit off. Jesse, what was the trade? Hey, hey man, listen. You, people are allowed to get shit wrong. Get shit wrong? That guy catfished me into going to a suit event. <laughs> <laughs> and all I got out of it was a gift certificate and a signed Eric Carlson magazine. <laughs> Grown man, I can't you know, pay for shit with that. You know, we're gonna have to bring David on to address yeah. this situation because forget the Jack Johnson thing, which gave us all a heart attack. David, we need you to address which shoes Steve was wearing that night and how you could do this to him. It's over probably here. the same ones. They're durable. <laughs> They're not. They're hundred dollar Adidas. <laughs> and you paid that much? No, uh, no. That I actually I got them at an outlet mall. Anyway, Steve. Uh, sorry, Jesse. Uh, give us the trade between Pittsburgh and Toronto. All right. Toronto, Ontario, Canada, North America, 
Earth, Milky Way galaxy, solar system. Thank you. Thank you for identifying universe. Thank you. Realm. Toronto receives a 2020 first round pick, 15th overall. Uh, Philip Hollander, Evan Rodriguez. I don't know how to say David's last name. Warsawski. Steve Warsawski. Yep. Pittsburgh receives Kasperi Kapanen, Jesper Lindgren, and Pontus Aberg. That's the trade. Pontus. That's it. It's not That's bad. That's the trade. Not bad at all. Now not I bad am, at all, Mr. I'm, Dubis. Guys, ask me what I'm doing right now. What am I doing? Uh, you're uh, racing to get to a fashion event because you heard someone important would be there to answer questions. No, I'm reading the comments from the Pittsburgh Penguins Instagram page oh. when the trade was announced. You ready? So oftentimes, usually each team's fan base feels like they won the trade. And usually trades are great. It, it benefits your franchise. So you instantly think, well, hey, you know, if it's a good trade, uh, I feel like we won this. But people in Ottawa felt like they won the Zaitsev trade because they got rid of CC. We felt like we got rid of Zaitsev and that stupid contract. So we felt like we won. Right? We were both right and wrong. We were both. It was both. Stop, stop. You're both just terrible. Um, and said so John Mulaney, hey, you're both terrible cereals. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this is a unique trade because Penguins fans tend to agree with Leaf fans. From a guy named Matt. Shouldn't have got rid of that 15th overall selection from Penn's Memes. Fire Rutherford, the first is too valuable. Fire Rutherford quickly before he gives up our other picks. From Dickers91. Might be time to GM change. You can improve the present without giving up the future. Hollander and a 15th overall pick is ridiculous. From Dano Forselki, GMJR should just retire for everyone's sake. Aiden, who in God's name approved this? <laughs> I assume the GM... <laughs> sorry. what's next adam hit me because i got one too when you're ready um, gmjr must have forgot his meds this morning you Ooh. know that's not uh i mean kapanen and lindgren are nice but i'm kind of disappointed that we had to give up a first round pick fire jim rutherford fire jim rutherford we got fleece fire jim rutherford rutherford is out to lunch fire him fire him please fire him um massive l and these are all from people with like penguins logos all right penguins for life i love fans fans so ist so i oh no where'd it go oh crap i had one up but basically i was making the video yesterday and i (laughs) i wanted to i wanted to include a tweet in my video and this person doesn't follow me so i'm always weary about including someone's tweet if they don't follow me just in case they're like Dude, I didn't want to be in that video. But this okay. this lovely, uh, lovely young woman said, and we gave them Hollander too? GMJR, retire, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and three clown emojis. One would have been bad enough. Three? Mm-mm. This is not very Clowning. good. Now, it is, an interesting, it is an interesting trade because from the Penguins' perspective, you do get 
Kasperi Kapanen, who was a guy you drafted in 2014 in the first round, late 20s. You feel like you've got him cost-controlled. The Penguins uh, will owe him less than what's actually stated on his contract because of signing bonuses. The Leafs front-loaded the deal on purpose. Uh, The Penguins will not be a cap team going forward. So this is important, too. Uh, There's already been rumors that they're going to have to cut salary. So this is one that um, gives them some certainty. Plus, they're not paying the actual amount that's left on his contract versus, you know, you know, you know how that works. They got better on paper. They did. They did. And they get a winger who conceivably could play in the, in the top six with um, Malkin and Crosby. The Leafs, for their part, traded a guy who, and this is, I'm going to quote James Myrtle out of The Athletic here because I think uh, this is a very interesting line. He, uh, incredible article on the trade. Yeah, isn't it great? Yeah. I, yeah Usually you don't get something so deep out of just a like, simple trade. And it was like, wow, Myrtle, great job. It was right away. So uh, there's some other stuff in this article I want to get to, but the first part, this is very interesting. He, as in Kyle Dubas, also moved out a player the organization had grown tired of, both on the ice and off. Some teams were initially interested in Kapanen, but decided against the deal after digging a little deeper into some of that. But the Leafs still had plenty of suitors for him much of the year, and given his package of size and speed, sorry, given his package of size and speed, that interest was enough that futures, the, the, that the futures bundle became what it did. So there was a bidding war on Kasperi Kapanen. The Penguins were not the only ones in, and it probably came down to who's giving us a first-round pick. And I bet two teams wanted to. Two or three teams probably said, we'll do it. And the Leafs probably said, okay, throw in a prospect. And teams either did or they didn't. And I bet the Leafs took the deal with the highest pick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I bet the, the Leafs said the Devils wanted were, in, but I imagine their pick was too high. The Devils, yeah. the Devils were willing to do it according to the article if it was just for the pick, if it was just a straight swap. But uh, they weren't willing to throw in a prospect as well. Where are the Where are the Devils picking? I think it's seventh or eighth, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no way. There's four? no way. There's they abs- wouldn't have thrown four. Do they got a? They've got. It must have a second. They have three. Yeah, oh, they there have, you go. So they have, they have uh, the Devils, they have uh, the Coyotes, and they have the Canucks. So right now, I, the Canucks one can't be set in stone because they're still. But it would be higher than it would be higher than what Pittsburgh's will be. Yeah. So the the Sorry, Coyotes, I believe, are eighteen according to Cap Friendly, and the Canucks appear to be twenty. So the Leafs yeah. took, the Leafs took the one 15. that's the highest on the board. Mm-hmm. Which is great. Good for you. Smart move. Uh, they also get a guy named Philip Hallander, who uh, has been playing against men for a couple of years in the SHL, Swedish Elite League. Um, is a, from what we understand, uh, not a great skater, but a good skater. Um, Depends who you I, ask. I saw some debate about that. So I, I'm just going off of one of the scouting reports I, met, I, I read. But apparently yeah. hockey IQ is great. Attitude is great. Um, he scores a lot in the Swedish Elite League. Uh, from what I've understood, they're not convinced he'll score a lot at the NHL level, but that he will be a serviceable player. You know, maybe, you know, hopefully like a center in your, in your bottom six, which is what the Leafs need. And it'd sure. be great if he could step in this season and do that. That would be awesome. Uh, Evan Rodriguez is another guy that is a part of the trade that, you know, if he's qualified, he'll be making $2 million this year. So Kyle Dubas did mention that, listen, we're going to talk to his agent and say, you know, there's an opportunity here for you if you want it, uh, but they're not going to qualify him at $2 million. They don't have the money. And frankly, Evan Rodriguez probably isn't worth that to the Leafs or many teams in this cap world. They're, you know, the, the, the guys who are smaller on the totem pole are 
unfortunately going to get squeezed. And um, so. Like I, I talked about in the past, like maybe they should have just paid Brian Boyle. Like I'd, I'd said that in years past, this guy and Brian Boyle, you no. know what I mean? If you're going to pay that money, it better be a for sure guy. And Rodriguez, uh, Dom decision was saying like his stats were terrible this year, but in the past, his model has actually really liked this player. Okay. Um, but that's not, it's not enough of a guy to commit that kind of money to, to play like fourth line minutes. Mm-hmm. That's right. Now, Kyle Dubas did go on to say in some of his interviews yesterday that he'd be willing to move, um, uh, move this first round pick if he needs to. Um, but what this does for the Leafs is at very least, we know they're not done. And he said, he said as much, whether they move Hallander or they move the first or they keep both. Um, this restocks the cupboard, which is looking a little bare. Uh, this gets them a pick, two picks after the Patrick Marlowe trade pick, which is good. Um, and essentially, you know, you're trading Kasperi Kapanen and Patrick Marlowe and their cap hits for two spaces down uh, in the draft, which isn't bad. Not bad. This is a big win for Kyle Dubas. And, you know, there's a couple – I want to address Kasperi Kapanen in a second here. But first, you know, we've been tough on, and I think rightfully so – Kyle Dubas for the last couple of weeks. He's not a golden out, boy. He's no, not immune. No, especially out of that no. press conference, which was just, we just couldn't believe it. But boy, does he make great trades. Even if they don't always work out, there are, there are tra- He's, he's very good at that. And this was a very, very astute trade. It solves a lot of problems for the Leafs. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to freak Peng- Penguins fans out, but Kasperi Kapanen was given the opportunity to play Meaningful minutes with Austin Matthews for 20, 30 game stretches. Meaningful minutes with John Tavares and Mitch Marner for 20, 30 game stretches. And by the way, it's Matthews and Nylander and then Marner and Tavares and, and a mixture of all those, those four guys. Matthews, Kappen, and Janssen. Yep. At that point, he was still unable to perform in a top six role. Doesn't mean he can't because we think he can. He scored he 20 goals. He yeah, scored sure. 20 goals. But he's been an extremely great player and then an extremely frustrating player. And with him, it was sort of, uh, as I said, at the end of the off season, like you, you, you act like a big guy, act like it on the ice, you know, the social media and all that, all that stuff. Uh, he was suspended for a game this year because he slept in, um, you know, from what I've heard, there may be some maturity issues there. We're all, we've all been in our early twenties once and done stupid shit. I get it. But the, uh, the player that the Leafs needed him to be, he could not be. And frankly, now they just don't have the money to afford a guy like that. And I think there's more coming and we'll get to that in just a second. Um, the, the question I have and the thing that I'm surprised most about is, you know, what's next? What is next for the Leafs? And the first guy's name that James Myrtle mentions is Frederick Anderson. There's mm-hmm. been a lot of talk. Chris Johnston, Elliot Friedman's mentioned it. James has mentioned it. Jonas Siegel's mentioned it. The guys that know this team, they really know this team and Fried just knows every team. The people that follow this team with a microscope and a microphone uh, seem to think that they're not married to Freddie Anderson playing out his last deal in, or last year in Toronto. And I'm, I, the first question, Steve, I have for you on this one is why? Why would the Leafs – Freddie's brought them to the playoffs four years in a row. Why would the Leafs look at him other than his contract and say, we're not convinced? Well, <clears throat> let, me, let me at first say – for everyone who's like, oh, the media and just drumming up names, no, no, this is a thing. 
uh, with Frederick Anderson, I do believe it's been looked at. Uh, now, what have we talked about for a long time? The guy is, he's got one year left. He's going to be on the wrong side of 30. They're not going to be able to afford him. And to his credit, Frederick Anderson has played himself into a contract that the Leafs won't be able to afford. You know, we talk about his, his history in elimination games and game sevens. And I, I, I would chalk a lot of that up to his team in front of him. I would too. Uh, and the Leafs have uh, not been a very good defensive team uh, in front of Frederick, uh, in front of Frederick Anderson for uh, basically his whole tenure with the team. He's been great. He's been great behind a defense that hasn't been. There have been stretches, sure. Carey Price has had awful stretches, and everyone's like, he'll get out of it, he'll get out of it, he'll get out of it. Everyone, he got the benefit of the doubt. Uh, Freddie Anderson, despite always showing that he would get out of it, never seemed to get the same uh, benefit uh, of the doubt. Uh, he's a great goaltender. The Leafs aren't going to be able to afford him. Why not? Why not? Trade the guy and see if you can get some value for him. Why not? Now, here's another reason why you might want to look at trading a guy like Frederick Anderson and potentially sooner rather than later. You know who's uh, a UFA coming up? Who? Braden Holpe. You know who's a UFA coming up? Who? Corey Crawford. You know who's a UFA coming up? Who? Robin Leonard. You know who's a UFA coming up? Matt Murray. You know who's a UFA coming up? Or no, I don't know if all these He's are UFAs. RFA. RFA. Sorry, sorry. You know who needs a new contract? Braden Holpe. Corey Crawford, Robin Leonard, Matt Murray, Jakob Markstrom. There's a name. Anton Hudobin. That is a rising name. And there are – boy, well, I'm Mark, looking at the – Markstrom would be really nice. Bank I'm looking at the goalie market. You. <laughs> I'm looking at the goalie market. There are – there's a crazy amount of names. Like, I don't know if Craig Anderson's going to get scooped up. Jimmy Howard, I don't know. Thomas Grice. Cam Talbot. Mike Condon's not Brian Elliott. Mike Smith is – I mean, we know people love him for some reason. Oilers are going to bring him back. Mike gets scooped up in a that. lesser role. Um, Alexander Georgiev. Malcolm Subban has proved himself to be uh, pretty decent this season. Anton Forsberg. Now I'm getting deeper into depth. But basically, this is a very goalie-rich summer. You trade Frederick Anderson now, you give a team security. All right? You give a team a guaranteed goalie this season and a guaranteed good one, and you give them an entire year to re-sign him. You could probably get a lot. You could probably get a lot. And, oh, well, what are we supposed to do next season? Well, that's a great question, and let me tell you, it's Kyle Dubas's problem. But are you going to be able to resign this guy? Are you potentially leaving yourself – with the possibility of being naked at the end of next season with no starting goaltender. Mm -mm. Could be a bad do that. situation. Can't yeah. do that. The, uh, bad situation. The Toronto Maple Leafs also 
I assume Dubas looks at it this way. They haven't earned the right to have a year of Frederick Anderson on expiring deal. Like if the team was really good, if they were a Stanley Cup final team, if they had won already, if they were pushing for the... Even if they made the uh, second round. If they had made the second round, maybe reward them. You risk half a season to the trade deadline, maybe with Frederick Anderson on that deal and you see how it goes. But if you look at the roster and you look at how they've played, they haven't, they haven't earned that at all. He, as a general manager, he needs to be able to maximize his assets to build a better team so that they can get to that point where they'd earn uh, a guy who's clearly played well but doesn't, can't like, really fit on a long-term deal. Then you reward the team, but they haven't earned that. And, boys, I, uh, I had the wrong filter on uh, Mackenzie Blackwood – needs a new deal. Tristan Jari needs a new deal. This is a really goalie rich free agency. And my question is how many of those guys can you confidently say you can get in their prime years for $5 million or less? You only need one. You only need one. Freddie makes 5 million bucks. He's got a good deal. Yep. He's yep. got a, you know what? Of the deals Lou signed, of the long-term deals he signed. That's the best one. I was so wow. worried. Morgan was... Riley. Morgan Riley's the best. Morgan oh. Riley. Morgan Riley. And, and Nas. The fuck Nas was up. good. Anyway, but um, man, it's a, it's a goalie rich market. If you can give Freddie to a team and then, you know, maybe that team can then go out and make some more deals. There's more incentive there. There's a reason the trade deadline is getting more and more boring every year. And it's not just the salary cap. It's mostly though. It Well, mostly. Uh, it's not just the salary cap. It's uh, people want security. People want the opportunity to, ah, now that I've figured out this chess piece, now I can do this and that and that and that. I wonder, and I'm just floating this one to you guys. Would you give Pittsburgh their first rounder back in exchange for the rights to Matt Murray? Because I think anytime you have the opportunity to add a two-time Stanley Cup goaltender who's 26, you might want to take a swing at that. I don't know. And he has not played well lately, meaning that he can't be. (laughs) I mean, maybe it's a short-term deal, but maybe that's all you need. I think Penguins fans laugh and laugh and laugh uh, at that deal. Um, It's, you know, I was thinking it could be, I wouldn't be shocked to see a draft floor deal this year, not necessarily for the Leafs, but for other teams, even though I guess there won't be a draft floor. Um, But you know what I mean? Because um, it's not every year that there's supposed to be a goalie in the first round and not just like sometimes goalies find their way to like, you know, 25 ish, the late rounds Askarov, that guy's going to screw up this whole draft. It, it depends what you want. Cause there's some really good players available, but if you want a goalie, like everyone seems to think that's who Carolina is going to take with uh, the Leafs pick that they got there, the 13th. And is he that good? But what if, what if it's 15 and he falls to the Leafs? You're going to – would you rather have Matt Murray or that guy? I don't know. What would I rather have? Boy, Matt Murray's – that is a – it's a terrifying deal. It's a, it's a terrifying deal because that guy has been 
very not good. I think somebody bets on 26-year-old Matt Murray for long-term. I don't yep. see how he goes to the leave for anything. It goes to any team for anything under, like, six years, you know? Well, and, and you know 26. who's had success? You know who's had success with Matt Murray? Kyle Dubas. Right. Jose Marie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jose Marie. That's I, I what, when we saw this deal, everyone was like, oh, it's Jared McCann for sure. <laughs> because it's Jose <laughs> Marie guy. Yeah. Now, with that um, – you know, if, if Markstrom does hit the open market, and by the way, I would just be shocked. I would be shocked. That's oh, a guy. Nuts. They'd be crazy. Yeah, they'd be nuts. But if he did, that's going to be a big contract. The way he's played. And if he doesn't resign with the Canucks, does that completely screw up everything they've built? See, it, they might have to. Teams are going to have to make harder decisions than they've ever had to make because of the climate that we're in. And we're seeing a team like Pittsburgh pulling the shoot that many months early going, we're not going to be a cap team. If you're the Vancouver Canucks ownership and you're like, you know, guys, you've been talking about how good Demko and DiPietro are for all this time. They're going to cost me less than 2 million bucks combined Markstrom's going to cost me like eight. Sorry, what? I thought these guys were good. You know what I mean? That's uh, having those prospects in the wings and giving a long-term contract to Jakob Markstrom is going to be an extraordinarily tough sell. Even if you say we could sign Markstrom and trade those guys for value, they get rid of their, their goalie prospects. They do their Rask for Raycroft trade. <laughs> um, I'm kidding. But they trade those two goalie prospects for value. You, how much value are you going to get out of guys who are unproven? Well, I mean, that's not – Let's say you get good value. You're still giving Markstrom $7, 8000000 million. I also wonder – so free agents are boned this year anyway um, because of just the situation – uh, everybody's in. I also wonder if goalies around the league were secretly looking at Bobrovsky every single game and going, Jesus, dude, make a save. Yeah. Jesus, dude, make a save. Not b- because their agents are probably like, oh, no, this is good because here he is doing crap. My, uh, my client's way better. I'm going to get my client as much money as, as Sergei Bobrovsky at very least. No. It's – that didn't – necessarily work with Jeff Finger did it all people did around the league was go oh that was a mistake and I think that's what people are going to do with Sergey Bobrovsky they're going to look at his performance they're going to look at that deal and go that was a mistake you shouldn't give goalies that big deal yep and all of a sudden and it's a buyer's market right like we just said mm-hmm. because of all those names that are available at the moment it's a very interesting it's a uh, let's move on to the time to be a goalie. I want to move on to the next person on the Myrtle list here of potential trade targets for the Leafs. Kerfoot, Alexander Kerfoot. Uh, chances, I said Kerfoot is only doing another $8 million in cash for the final three years of his contracts, which may, will make him easier to deal. Uh, he can stay as a winger if the Leafs don't get offers that they like. But there are some questions about his ability to drive play at center. Um, you know, a guy like Hallander, if he's able to step in in a year, year and a half, that makes it a little bit easier. If he was able to step in now, like Nick Robertson probably will on the wing, that makes things very easy. Um, I wonder with Kerfoot, you know, there's, there is some value there. That's a guy, especially 
you know, he played well. He did. He played really, really well. I, I like him. And I like him too. And I like him enough that I feel like he's a good piece for the Leafs, but I also don't like him enough that I'm married to him. And Kyle Dubas apparently is feeling very not nostalgic, which is why Freddie Anderson, noted best friend of Austin Matthews, uh, could potentially be on the block and nobody cares. It's sort of like, I don't care how my star player feels about this. He, my star player is a part of the core. Freddie Anderson's contract's coming to an end. We need to win a playoff series. For so sure. we're going to do be, what we have to do. Should so you be nostalgic after that? I don't think so. So Kerfoot, I wonder, you know, came in, played well, took a while to adjust. I think Mike Babcock didn't help that. And then you, you know, Keith comes in, he, he does a good job. But I think, what do you do with Alexander Kerfoot? Do you keep him? Or do you go and look for value? And what kind of value does he bring? Like, the, uh, Andreas Janssen is on that list later on. And that would be a sell low candidate, I would think. Like, that's a guy I feel like the Oilers would really like, would, could really benefit from having. A lot but of teams could. Like, what's that? A lot of teams could. He's not sure. a bad player. None no, of the- he is. He just had a knee injury. That's the problem. Fans of any other teams listening to the show, and Leaf fans too, the, we've been talking about these the same players over and over again. Kapanen, Janssen, Kerfoot. Mm-hmm. They're all good at hockey. They're all really good players. They'll make your team better. Yep. Most NHL players are good at hockey. <laughs> They're Weird. Even by NHL standards, though, Jesse. Oh, okay. Janssen's a good player. Good. Yeah. Janssen's okay. a good player. Kerfoot's a good player. Kapanen's a good player. It's not about get them off this team because they suck. It's can the Leafs afford them. And with all that money that the Leafs have invested up front, they couldn't afford to have like a 10 or $11 million third line, which is what they had with Kerfoot, Kapanen, and Janssen. They, couldn't, they can't afford it. Mm-hmm. It also wasn't good enough. No, it wasn't. It that was like, too. They, yeah. they, they didn't win. They couldn't, they couldn't make the playoffs. It needs some sort of shakeup. So there's on top of, hey, they're going to be saving all this money by dumping these guys and trading them and saving all the salary. And it's also, there needs to be new blood in here because it wasn't good enough to score enough goals to beat Columbus. And you've got three years of cost-controlled Nick Robertson, who's clearly good enough to play. Yeah. Um, now, I don't know if he stays up with the team the entire time, uh, but you're not going to send him back because then you have to go back to the O, doesn't he? He's 19. He'd be 19. I believe so. Yeah. So like at this point, it's sort of like have him there. He doesn't have to play every night, but you got to build this guy's confidence and build this guy's career because of that stupid OHL rule. Um, now, uh, when it comes to a guy like Pierre Engvall, that signing, that two-year extension seems like a bit of a bite now. You know, we could not have planned for a global pandemic, but the second he signed for two years at $1.25 million, as much as it doesn't sound like much, um, that's a lot for a centerman on the fourth line for the Leafs. You know, he actually sold me, I think. Did he? During, now, he's in Myrtle's article, but I'm throwing that out there. So he had eight goals, seven assists, 15 points in 48 games, which in itself isn't very good. It's even worse when you look at the fact that he was on like a 40-point pace over a full season and then shot it off. Like the puck stopped going in except for one time when he scored against David Ayers. And by the way, his goal is the one that gave David Ayers the win. So Mm -hmm. you're welcome. You're welcome. I would have texted Pierre after the game. You know he's got his number. Thanks, man. But with Pierre Engvall, I agree with you, Adam. One point, whatever, before the pandemic, whatever. We know he's good. He's young. He's tall. He's fast. He can kill penalties. 
yeah, I'll pay one and a quarter for that. I'll pay one and a quarter for that. With the pandemic, I'm like, I will not pay a quarter for that. Now, at center, I'll consider it. Is he any good? And the playoffs happened. I got to imagine the Leafs organization came away with the conclusion that, yeah, he is. They, what did they talk about every broadcast? That fourth line, that mm-hmm. fourth line. God love that fourth line. Love what that fourth line is doing, fourth line, fourth line. And Kyle Clifford had a couple big hits. I thought Spezza struggled at times, but at very least he fought. And I would still like to see him back for the right price. Mm-hmm. Engvall at center? Really surprised me. Really surprised me. And if they can develop that guy at center, he's worth that money. Andreas Janssen's another name that's come up. And I think with Andreas Janssen, if you are going to move him, and I, I do think it in a lot of ways it does make sense to, um, the win isn't what you bring back. The win is the cap space that you get. And, you know, obviously, I believe he's got one of those front-loaded deals as well. I think that's all the Leafs have done is just... <laughs> uh, let, me, um, let me look. Yes, yeah. uh, correct. So If the, if the lease clear, Janssen, yeah. Engvall, Kerfoot, and Anderson, that, that'll, that'll clear something like $17 million off the books. So he made $5 million in actual money this mm-hmm. year. Um, so for the rest of his deal... It's five plus three point six eight point six million dollars left on his deal, but three point four against the cap, which is quick maths over ten. So again, it's one of those value things. Like the Leafs are all of a sudden one of those teams where I don't really want to pay anyone any money. Uh, fake cap space sort of deals. Like that's all they got. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's all they got and like with Kapanen you know we kept saying well he scored 20 goals scored 20 goals well I mean he scored 20 goals Janssen scored 20 goals too yeah he did he and did. even in a bad season which he had this year he didn't play well but he was also coming off an injury still had 21 points in 43 games so he's at like half a point a game and with those eight goals that he had in those 43 games he wouldn't have been far off from that 20 goal pace yep Chances we know are if he'd gotten hot, he would have found it. He's, he's played a little bit of power play. He's played a little bit of penalty kill. He's still a diverse player, uh, a, a versatile player to have so, in the lineup. So here's the thing. If they clear three, three or four of those or whatever of those guys, if they do clear them out, the space is going to be enormous for them. It comes near 17 million, I think. 17 and or that would be total million-ish. or just 17 from those guys? Uh, from those guys. So that yeah. – on top of whatever they had, which wasn't much. So first off, yes, they can re-sign Cody CC. Yes, they can. Uh, secondly, uh, um, it, it does, you know, people, people want to shoot for the moon for Petrangelo. And I understand why. Uh, Alex Petrangelo, even Fridge said it on the broadcast last night, probably going to be a St. Louis Blue. And if you're Doug Armstrong, you don't care about three years from now. You care about the next two. The next two years, and, and they actually mentioned today, it was crazy. St. Louis Blues are the first team to admit that a lot, like 20% of their players had COVID and how badly it affected them. And that was, that, that was, honestly, was great. That was the big one. It wasn't just, oh, a bunch of our guys had it. It affected them. Remember what a big storyline it was heading into a couple playoffs ago that both Hainsey and Zaitsev had the flu? Yep. They never recovered from it. Yep. They never looked like they recovered from it. And the next season comes around, you're like, oh, okay, they're better. Because they lost a ton of weight. Like, people, 
people got got to start listening when people describe the symptoms of this thing. Not everyone gets away with it, you know, similar to how Austin Matthews did, where it sounds like he was largely asymptomatic and he had no lingering uh, symptoms. Some people can't taste for weeks or even months. Mm -hmm. Some people have a cough that they can't shake for weeks or even months. There's been rumors, uh, or not rumors, there's been, I've I've read, uh, people have... Uh, what could be potentially, you know, uh, permanent lung damage mm-hmm. from this shit. So and imagine, imagine it comes out. Some of those guys on the blues end up having that. God forbid. Mm-hmm. Well, well some, some people let's not go die. there. That's some people die from it. You well, know? and there's that Jesse. <laughs> yeah. well, I was going dangerous. forward with the assumption. None of the blues have died. <laughs> yeah. right. Yes. We don't know. know. Like, you don't need to say we can't confirm that. Right. Well, fair. <laughs> Doug no, Armstrong Adam. said about 20% of their roster had COVID. Right. So my point in saying that yeah. is if you're Doug Armstrong, the team is largely intact. Um, you know, you've got, you've got most of the Stanley Cup winning team there. The Justin Falk deal was a real head scratcher for me. I didn't get why he did that. Um, but, like, they gave Marco Scandella an, uh, uh, an extension at a higher rate and stuff. I was having this conversation with somebody on Twitter because they called me out rightly so saying, listen, there's a bunch of extensions that kick in with the Blues this year. Petrangelo's money has already been spoken for. And they are right. And what I would say to that is move the guys then. Move Scandella, move Falk, move somebody else. Petrangelo's the guy you hold on to. Because this Stanley Cup roster, these guys won a cup a year ago. And they are very good. And until COVID hit, they were looking great. So if... You have that opportunity to keep that group together with its leader, the best defenseman probably in the National Hockey League right now. Certainly one of them. Then you move the other pieces. You move out $5 million Tyler Bozak. You move out $3 million Marco Scandella, and Petrangelo's worth it. And you find something else. You get, you move those guys, you find a piece back. Maybe it's not as good up front, but whatever. You've got some pretty good centers up there anyway. You'll survive. It's, to me... Alex Petrangelo not being on the Blues just doesn't make sense. So, Leaf fans, I think what we need to do is have some of the B-class free agents. Chris Tanev is going to be up. That's one guy. I mean, Steve, do you have the list there of free agents for defensemen? Uh, And there's some big names. I can bring them up. And I'm just looking, and I can kind of see. And there's just Adam, Adam, you're frozen again. Okay, go ahead. Okay. So, uh, there are lots of UFAs available. Mike Hoffman is the top scoring one, 59 points in 69 games. Taylor Hall, Alex Petrangelo, Tori Krug. I thought he was an RFA. I'm surprised. Evgeny Dodonov, Tyler Toffoli, Tyson Berry. You interested? You interested? Uh, Tyler Ennis, Carl Soderberg. I, man, when I saw the Oilers got Tyler Ennis, I definitely felt some kind of way. I was nostalgic for a guy who was on the lease for five seconds. Carl Soderberg, Kevin Shattenkirk, Derek Broussard. Chad Daddy. Shad Daddy, uh, Shad Deuces, uh, Vlad Nemestikov, uh, Joe Thornton, <laughs> Craig Smith, Michael Granlin, Jesper Faust, Eric Gustafson, hey boys, Ilya Kovalchuk, like Eric Gustafson, Jason Spezza, oh. <laughs> he's going to Montreal, man, he's going to Montreal, uh, Derek Grant, who just padded Nick Suzuki. Hold on for head. a second. What? Can I just, can, hang on, can we, um, can you imagine a Leafs? All former All Star line of Spezza, Thornton, Kobolchuk. <laughs> Dude, it could happen. 
There's it a could. second power play. But, but there's a name in there. I like Eric Gustafson a lot. I would, I would sell the farm for Corey, Tory Krug. I love Tory Krug, and I, I hate him would. when he's on Boston. But uh, Tory Krug is one of my favorite, favorite defensemen. He, you know what he does? What? He transitions. He transitions. He transitions pucks. He moves it from one zone to another. The Leafs cannot do that unless their name is Morgan Riley and sometimes Muzzin Hall. And you know what? If, hey, if, if, if Travis Krug, Dermott wants to say hello. Travis Dermott needs to step up. Whoa! Okay, Travis Dermott needs to step up. Here. I think I think the world of Travis Dermott, but we need to see a step forward. We Boys, do. Let's stop messing around. Let's stop yeah. messing around. Here are the free agents that are UFAs that Cap Friendly has listed as right D. Okay. Let's stop messing about. Messing about. Alex Petrangelo, Tyson yep. Berry, Kevin Shattenkirk, Gustafson, and Sammy Vatanen are listed as LDRD. Yeah. Uh, Chris Tanev, TJ Brody, Justin Braun, uh, Mark Pissick is listed as a RD art right wing. God damn it. <laughs> Radko Gudis. Mm. That makes sense. Andy Green, Adam, how horny are you? Justin oh, he Schultz. scored last game, so Islanders fans told me to suck it. <laughs> well, put on your other horny pants because Ron Hainsey is also available. Travis Hamanick, Mike Green just retired today, so that doesn't count. Uh, Dylan DeMello is an interesting bargain bin option. Cody, ah, ah, ah! Trevor Van Riemsdyk, Michael Stone, uh, Trevor Daly's on there. Zach Bogosian just had the best goal of his entire life yesterday the answer isn't there steven the answer is in a trade i think travis hammonick's part of the answer and i think eric goff's is part of the answer Mm -hmm. kyle dubas is gonna finagle something and where he gets his d in a trade i think it it'll make so much what nothing (laughs) it'll just make so much more sense in terms of i think the money because you're going you're gonna to have to make these trades anyways to get rid of these guys. Why not do it in one deal instead of bringing back contracts and then trying to fit in the free agent? Get, go after the guy you like, shop the contracts out that way. I think that you can get your hands on a nice, crisp Eric Gustafson for three, three and a half million. Man. I think you could probably do this. I think Hamannick, yeah. what, four? Yeah, but is, are you like, oh, that's going to push us over? That's, that's going to beat know what? Tampa it, in the third it round. Would. It, That's going to beat Tampa no, in the third listen, round. Eric they, need the, they need the marquee guy. But if I put Hamannick beside Riley, it's the best defense partner Morgan Riley's ever had. Ever had. And he He's can play top-line minutes. He's not mm-hmm. wrong there. I'll have his Hamannick any day. And Eric Gustafson's a depth option. And then you grab like a Dill- – like Dill- everybody's making a little much deal. But I like Buddhist, even though he was scratched by the Capitals going to the playoffs. I like what brings. He's mean. The Leafs need someone mean. We need someone mean. He's mean. mean. He doesn't give a shit. That's the guy you need. I, you need a defenseman like that. Other than Jake Muzzin. I, if I know Kyle Dubas, he is super horny for this draft. Loves hoarding yeah. picks and having as many as he possibly can. Now, he has three sixth-round picks and Ooh. two sevens, really? which Ooh. I know Big has value. him just, just shaking. Just you can't believe it, but he doesn't have a third. Mm. I could see Dubas aggressively pursuing a similar deal to the one he just made for Kapanen. He's not going to get the same value, but it's going to be similar. We want a pick. We want a prospect. Something like that. Try to get futures 
in order to free up that space mm -hmm. that allows him to go be more aggressive in free agency. And then allows you to make a trade at the trade deadline. If it potentially, if, if I know his style, I'm just looking at the situation in front of you, the idea that guys aren't going to be able to demand as much, the idea that guys are going to be like, you know what? I want to play closer to home. It could potentially be very advantageous for Kyle Dubas and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Another thing that Kyle Dubas mentioned is that they may not want to be up against the cap when the season starts. They may want to leave a little bit of space, two, three million bucks, because that turns into 10 million bucks in potential room by the end of the season, which makes a lot of sense. Aren't you sick um, of the dance every year? Yeah, and the LTIR stuff really sucked the life out of them. So Nathan Horton and David Clarkson, you guys, those contracts finally expired. <laughs> it's, man, the Leafs are brutal. Like, you know who else comes off the books? Robin Leonard, who you didn't even know was on the books. Steve. Phil Kessel's still on there. So, yes, he yep. is. Two more Steve, years, guys, I think. Guys, guess what? Guess what? Guess what? Uh -huh. This show started several weeks before the Clarkson contract was signed. And um has now we have now surpassed the david clarkson deal and i just want to say that that's a momentous achievement uh we have seven years this is our well this is sure. technically our eighth season that we're going to go into once this season's done but yeah we well done you're joking no I feel actually no technically speaking we started the show before. the same year was it before we started um, like a month and a day before, before he was signed. <laughs> and the Bernier oh trade my was made. God. That. That's how long, dude, that's how long this show's been on. Seven years. Ooh. And we're going into our eighth season at the beginning of whatever next season is, which is amazing. Bruh. Yeah, long time. Bruh. Long, time. long temps. Are we going to outlast the Chris Pronger contract? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Here's the question, guys. Here's the goal. We are going to outlast... The Mike Richards LA bullshit no. deal. 2030. We have to outlast Mike Richards and that bullshit LA deal. Okay? 2030. By 20, 2031, we can call it quits. But 2030, we're going. The, the Zach Parise and Ryan Suter contracts, it's just a Zoom call with three coffins. Like, we're just, <laughs> we're long dead, but those yeah. contracts are still going. Now, we do need to get on to the rest of the NHL here. Uh, Why? I know, I know. It's crazy. So, let's, let's talk about how the Canucks came back with a gigantic game of vengeance. You saw Tyler Toffoli return and score. Uh, Elias Pettersson being him. I mean, it's, it's – the Canucks are – I mean, nobody would be surprised if the Golden Knights win the Cup this year. Nobody. No one. But, I mean – I, I mean, if they keep killing off goalies, if their head coach keeps assassinating goalies, then maybe they'll have an issue. But uh, impaling them, impaling them. But the Vancouver Canucks, I, like, are they not the most fun team to watch left in the playoffs? Yep, they're the most it. fun. You nailed it. And they're and they are a legitimate. Like it's it's this could be the Golden Knights' toughest series. Really, it could be because this is a team that doesn't know. The other side. They don't know the negative. They don't know the downside. They don't know losing. They just know we're here and we're going to go. And, and that's scary. It's interesting how the Golden Knights were portrayed after the first game because they, Thomas Drance is doing some very interesting work. Yeah, he's doing that. He's tweeting stuff that people are saying on the bench. I love it. Like he's taking advantage of the fact that, uh, you know, you can't, uh, th there's no people in the building. So you can hear everything that's being said, especially the stuff that's being screamed. Mm -hmm. especially from guys who are standing still. 
on the bench. And what did the Golden Knights do in game one besides win 5 nothing and kick the Canucks up and down the ice? They talked mad shit. They talked shit the whole game. And you know when it's hard to talk that much shit? When you're getting killed 5-2 the next game. John Shannon had a great tweet because Ryan Reeves, you know, he's talking a bunch of shit. And what are you going to say to Ryan Reeves? He'll kill you. Um, <laughs> and, then, and then he was interviewed after the, uh, the game. And he's like, well, game one, we were rent free. The, the Golden Knights were feeling themselves. And then John Shannon goes, one way to take Ryan Reeves out of the game, play with the lead. Because he played something like one shift in the second period after the Canucks got the lead. Yeah, Ryan Reeves is not the guy that you want when you're coming from behind. No, who knows? Maybe maybe he was injured. Who knows? I can work on my phrasing on that one. Yeah, you sure could. I was Sorry. willing to go right by it, but... Mm-hmm. Jesse didn't. Uh... <laughs> but you know what? It's, it, it's a really go. good point. It's a good point. It's a really, really good point. Now, um, you know... The Canucks the... just keep proving people wrong, man. Now, I like another I like team that, that keeps proving people wrong... And at this point, I don't think there's any reason to doubt them, is the Islanders, who might fuck around and win a cup here. Seriously. They uh, however, I do want to throw out there that the game is on right now. It's not out of the first, and the Flyers are up 3 nothing. What? So, yeah. Okay. Uh, it's been a dominating, dominating. Uh, I'm, I'm sort of watching it out of the corner of my eye. The Flyers are dominating. But game's not over. We don't know how that'll work. Uh, what is it about the Islanders that's impressed you, Steve? Well, just the fact that they get the lead and they hold on to it uh forever and ever oh, amen if you see if you look up and you like you don't know what the score is mm-hmm. and you see it's one nothing islanders there's no need to watch the rest of that game <laughs> they've won they you might get one it's after they've gotten two or three though they they are going to hold on to that lead and kill it and they andy have, green is going to score damn yo, it he had the game of his life, Adam. That guy had a slap shot goal. He, he, he saved a goal. Hey, Andy, you're welcome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Listen, man, he was scratched in the first game, for goodness sakes. I know. Come I on. No, you were and right. He's, if he, he's not playing if Johnny Boychuk's there, right? He's in there because, you know, bumps and bruises and whatnot. But the Islanders, I always say the worst teams – you don't know what they are, and the Islanders know exactly who they are. And that's, right. that's the reason they're beating teams. That's, they made easy work of the Capitals. Easy. Like, the, the type of series win that could really screw up a team. Like, really, the Caps, you know, we were always talking about, oh, the Leafs can't go making these crazy decisions based on one playoff series. The Caps fired Todd Reardon like that. <laughs> And he why? was an assistant coach for a long time. Yeah, but why? He got okay. outcoached. Easily got outcoached. Yeah. Who has a better team on paper? Come on now. Oh, Caps. Come on. Exactly. He got outcoached, man. But the he Islanders got for the are... second year in a row, too, right? I mean, it's not like they just gave him the one season and said, good luck, dude. Like, it was – there was other was issues there, too. And I think um, – you know, I, I, I think Brayton Holby not being as dominant as he once was is tough. Uh, as a head coach, like oftentimes, like ask Todd Richards how he feels about how things went in Columbus, mm-hmm. right? As uh, soon as he leaves, Bobrovsky starts to stop pucks and wow. Now, what Torts has done with the team since has been amazing. But the reality is, your goalie sucks, you're screwed. Uh, but there were other issues with Reardon. 
And, uh, but yeah, you know, you move on from that coach. You, it just, it just didn't work. Um, it seems like in this playoffs, a theme has been that good coaching can win you a playoff series in hockey. Like, I don't think, I don't think it's been that accentuated than ever. Yeah. Yeah. I've never, I've never noticed that as much in the playoffs before, but this year it just seems like in Columbus's case, in the Islanders case, especially even in, um, even in Vancouver, where it's kind of the young guys doing the thing, but Travis Green has been doing a fantastic job getting really them this far, you know. And it seems like coaching has more effect on the game right now. I don't know what it is, but I think it's. I think you're absolutely right, and the reason it's probably noticeable is because um, there was, you know, there's a lot of teams that get into the playoffs on a heater, on momentum, uh, and on talent, and none of that happened. It was all like a dead stop, mm. and it's the teams that played like teams, the well coached ones that are making it. Of, yep. all the, of all the bad takes I've ever had, like heading into these playoffs, I was like, oh, I think coaching is going to be less of a factor because they're not going to have time to get crisp. It's the it's most the complete opposite. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Like, yeah, I bet you won't get DMs about that, though, will you? I didn't, but it's Nick Robertson yeah. is a defenseman levels of bad. <laughs> it is, man, was I, I it's the opposite. I wasn't How do we just know? wrong. How it's the opposite. Known? How would you have known? <laughs> right? I don't know. It's a pandemic, man. No one knows. You technically don't know well, anything. Steve, you were You're wrong about so- How did you not know the future? How? <laughs> I don't know. How? That's it's it's so I was so wrong that I haven't gotten any DMs about it and it still haunts me. Well, because I think a lot of people probably would have agreed with you at the time. Uh, a series that's extremely surprising is the Avalanche getting killed. No, uh, someone here predicted that, so don't say it's surprising, <laughs> but the guy yeah, you sitting, predicted it last round. That's the, the guy problem. sitting here in the little box on your computer screen said exactly this would happen. So mm. shut up. <laughs> wow. A friend of mine watched Dallas for the first time last weekend in their first game against the Avalanche. And this person's not like a crazy hockey, like watches a lot of hockey and that sort of thing, but like wouldn't listen to this podcast crazy, right? Like we're all like insane hockey fans. And they said, uh, uh, they said, they're like, I can't believe how well Dallas played. Like, I've rarely seen a game where a team so completely beats the crap out of another. It was unbelievable. And, you know, you think about Dallas, who, who struggled scoring goals all year. This is what they're meant for. And they've got guys that can score. Radulov, Sagan, uh, uh, Ben. Uh, ben. ben. Oh, not Niskanen. Oh, my God. What did I say? Um, Heiskanen. Heiskanen. They used to have Niskanen. Yes, yeah. they did. Um uh, they do have people that can, but the rest of their team is sort of like, we're going to lock you down. And Corey Perry might do something crazy. He's the old man. He's yelling at you, get, get off his front lawn. He might break your legs, though. Uh, man, those, those signings that didn't look great during no. the regular Pavelski season and, at and all. Perry. Pavelski and Perry are contributing, and I picked way back in March a uh, potential playoff uh, breakout player who, admittedly, I only saw two games of him this season. Both were against the Leafs, but he was a problem in both of them. Dennis Karyanov has crazy wheels. That's going to be a really good player in the NHL. Absolutely. And lastly, Boston and Tampa Bay. I just want to shout out Braden Point and Nikita Kucherov. That setup for Shattenkirk's goal last night was outrageous. That move Braden Point pulled, oh my God. Not enough is said about how great Braden Point is. I think it's the best. It's the best playoff hockey series if that makes sense like if if i were to introduce a new fan like here i show me a game that describes everything that 
modern playoff hockey is, I'd show them this series. The, just the, 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 old, the old and new of the Boston Bruins completely complements the old and new of the Tampa Bay Lightning. I love watching these two play each other. It's great as a neutral fan to watch them tear each other. Dude, I, it was my favorite thing. I had a couple Guinnesses last night, and I just sat on the couch and watched. And it was great. I was sitting here by myself in my apartment and just loving it. Watching, and, watching a, a Tampa-Boston game makes me mad. I've gotten mad a few times thinking about NHL players who, once they're eliminated, go, yeah, I don't watch hockey. You ought to. You really should. You might learn some stuff. No, seriously. Oh, really? The blogger boy's going to tell me I could learn a thing? Yes! What? It's your craft! Why wouldn't you work on your craft? The thing that you do, the thing you make millions of dollars, and all you got to do is sit there. You don't, need, you don't have to sit. You could ride an exercise bike. You could stand. You could do whatever the hell you want. You could go to Toronto, Ontario. You could watch it in a golden Canada. pool that's in your backyard because you're rich. Watch... Two of the best teams in the league play hockey in the middle of the summer. What's so hard about that? Mm-hmm. Anyone not playing hockey right now whose job is hockey player should be watching the Bruins play the Lightning. Wow. How dare you tell people what to do and how to live their lives? Yeah. How dare? Um, how ma- how many YouTubers do you watch in your free time? Too many, actually. Yeah, Way I think you do. <laughs> you do such a good impression of the bad ones. By the way, there is a, uh, a woman on TikTok that does a crazy good imp- impression of all the influencers and stuff. And now influencers are in her messages going, hey, that's, that's bullying and that's bullshit, whatever. <laughs> and she does this. I forget her name, but she is so funny. I'm going to bring it to the next show. And she, she did this video last night where she's like, and she's got all these Amazon boxes in the back. She's like, guys, I have been holding off on doing unboxing video forever and today i i think we're just gonna have to tackle it and it's just all this free shit uh it's it's uh she's amazing you got to check her out you she'll come up on your for you page she gets like five hundred thousand likes so it'll happen um last thing that we need to do this is certainly not least but we saved it for last because it's big it's the breaking news from today just give me i've been dying since the beginning of the give me it For immediate release, the National Hockey League has sanctioned the Arizona Coyotes for violating the NHL's combine testing policy during the 2019-2020 season, directing the forfeiture of the clubs. Any guesses, Steve? Based on what the devil's got, like, based it on some past stuff, like, what do you think? I think it's going to be something slapping the wristy. What it reminds me of is the Leafs and the Jonas Frogren saga, which cost them a fourth-round pick. The National Hockey League has sanctioned the Coyotes for violating the NHL's combine testing policy, directing the forfeiture of the club's second round pick in the 2020 NHL draft. Ooh. And. Ooh. First round pick in the 2021 draft. Ooh. No way. No way. Shut your front door. Shut your face. Shut up. No in, way. In reaching his decision. Uh, Sorry, the sanctions were announced by Commissioner Gary Bettman, who convened a hearing on the matter August 6th that included testimony from representatives of the Coyotes and the NHL. At the outset of the hearing, the club acknowledged that it had violated the policy by conducting physical testing on 2020 draft-eligible players prior to the combine. In In reaching his decision, Commissioner Bettman outlined key reasons for the policy's prohibition on physical testing prior to the combine to ensure competitive fairness among clubs with respect to evaluating and drafting prospects and to avoid subjecting prospects 
to repeated and duplicative testing procedures. Damn. Okay, so, geez, Cap Friendly doesn't miss a damn thing. They're so fast. So already, the Coyotes had the 49th overall pick this year. Mm-hmm. That now belongs to Calgary. Everyone moved up. Yep. Every single team moved up. LA moves up to 50th because they have the Canucks pick. The Senators moved up a pick because they got a pick from the Islanders. The Senators move up again because they got a pick from the Blue Jackets. The Hurricanes move up. The Senators move up again because they have a pick from the Stars. The Sens moved up a total of three picks from all these. Kings move up because of the Golden Knights. The Leafs move up somewhere in there, I think. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, the Leafs had a pick. Ah, shoot. The Leafs pick was earlier than the Coyotes. Ah. Steve, every team moves up. A pick has been removed from the draft. I know. I was going through some of the more important. No, you know why I kept going? Because no, everybody... I was waiting for the Leafs to pop up, and they didn't. I didn't realize they were before. Yeah, but everybody moves up one slot. It was a well-thought-out plan. <laughs> it was a terribly thought-out plan. But... He put on his Adidas, and he walked that plan all the, <laughs> all the way to Canadian Tire. Hey, hey, you don't shit goes... on my shoes. I get that enough for my dog. You stop that. I just hey. say, there already is shit on your shoes, man. There already is shit on my shoes. God damn it. Now, hey, listen. Uh, this is interesting. So what if the Coyotes don't miss the, or sorry, do miss the playoffs next year? Do all the lottery teams now all of a sudden have better odds of winning the lottery? No. They don't have a pick? Yeah, no, it's it's just removed. You know, it's still, it's still all the teams, I guess, technically. Right? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. instead of a pool of, what is it, 16? No, 14, 15 teams, sorry. So 15 yes. teams, it'd now be 14. Yes. So whatever your odds are, they all improve. Yeah, your percentages go up a little bit. But it's still the same division of percentage between the teams, if yes. that makes sense. Yo, they got hammered a second and a first? Yeah. Ooh. Mm-hmm. That's tough. I wonder, I wonder, I would love to know, and he'll never do this interview. How much did John Shaken know about that new member of the New Jersey Devils? How much part did he play in that? Because you have to think, based on how organized, isn't he? Uh, I don't know if that's been announced yet. Mm -hmm. Um, I I heard he's going to the Devils. Um, If, and if he's not, whatever. But what part does John Shaken play in that? How much of that did he conduct and how much of a shit show did he leave behind? If it was his idea, you can understand why the Coyotes were super pissed that he left when he did. As much as they didn't handle it the best, I can get it from their perspective. If now looking back in retrospect, they're like, hey, you did this and you're leaving us with this mess. Mm -hmm. Well, the fight happened before this, right? The fight with Chaco was back in like, February when he wanted to talk to other teams. But this investigation was ongoing at that time. Not, not when the initial his ask to talk to other teams happened. I think it was. I think this has been going on all season. Weren't they, weren't they investigating this all year? Like when did this investigated start? It it's been months. Ago. It's been months. I don't know about months all season, but it's, it's been a very long time. Now, the Coyotes are in even a if, Even if it was pre-fight, Jesse, he still would have been the general manager when they were doing this. Totally, totally. Yeah. So... They're in a world of hurt uh, when it comes to these picks. So 2020, they already didn't 
have it. Um, yeah, it doesn't say forfeited. So, okay, their draft page has not updated. Oh, my God. So their draft page hasn't updated yet, I guess, on Cap Friendly. But on, if I'm reading this right, they already don't have their first from a trade on December 16th, 2019. Taylor Hall. Taylor Hall trade. Yeah. They're, they're forfeiting their second rounder this year. Oh, it is updated on the site. And they don't have a third from a trade that they made on June 25th, whatever that was. So they don't have a pick until the fourth round this year, if I'm reading that right. They are the Columbus Blue Jackets this year. And then next year, they forfeited their first. And they have a second, but it's got an asterisk on it. Conditional pick. Conditions, if Taylor Hall re-signs or the Coyotes win a playoff round, the 2021 third pick becomes a 2021 second round pick. So that's an interesting one. Did they ever – did they win a playoff round? No. They won their qualifier. That's not a playoff round. That's a qualifier. Interesting. Oh, my God. So they could potentially then not have a pick for the first three rounds this year or first two next. That, that's the kind of thing that'll hurt you for a decade if you're not careful. That'll really – well, and you're the Coyotes. Yeah. You, you need to – you need to draft really well, man. Mm-hmm. You got to draft really well because you, you don't have the financial might of other teams. Ooh, wow. That's tough. A second and a first. Just eh? to run some damn tests. Just to put players through a workout. What the now, hell were you, what were you thinking? No, honestly. What if? What, what the if? hell were you thinking? You knew these rules and all you're doing is trying to work out prospects. You don't even have a first this year. What the hell are you doing? Is it possible John Chaka didn't know? No. Or it was not his possible idea. that John Chaka didn't know. It's he's impossible. The GM. Yeah, he's the GM. He's, even if he didn't GM. know, it's his responsibility. It is still on him, which means that he's not running an administration that communicates well with each other. And that is it's still on the leader. So now you're Steve Sullivan. You're going to go into your first draft. You don't have, the, you don't, you're going to be sitting there for the first four rounds. Steve Sullivan had to know that this was coming in some regard. I don't think this is a huge surprise. They yeah, he was in the organization. I just yeah. looked up when uh, some of the initial reports came out because we heard about this for a while. And the oldest article I can find is from January 30th. So they've been yes. investigating for a little bit now. And they just completely emptied the cupboards in order to get Taylor Hall castle and it really didn't pay off. So, okay. Uh, what they gave, it was a 2020 conditional first round pick, uh, a 2021 conditional third round pick, but who are the other players? Oh, Nick Merkley, Nathan Schnarr and Kevin ball. So Nick Merkley, I believe, yeah. Former first rounder, but 30th overall, Kevin ball, Former second-round pick, 55th overall, where Schnarr. Schnarr was a former third-round pick. Man, Tough. that's bad news for the Coyotes. Holy shit, did they get hammered. Mm-hmm. Oh, so they're in trouble, trouble. Trouble, <laughs> trouble. Big trouble. Yeah. That's awful. So that's it for us today. No press conference because the show is already long enough. However, it, what, a, what a crazy uh, amount of information to come out. I want to thank the NHL for putting out this press release, especially for the Coyotes, at 1.30 this afternoon because that was half an hour before we recorded, and that was nice of you. Thank you, NHL. We appreciate that. We've been with you some time. Uh, not wrongly, but uh, we do appreciate you working with us, and we know you did it for us. 
Thank you so much. We will see you guys Sunday. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle, at Adam W-Y-L-D-E, and at Jesse Blake. Connection complete.